This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to a special Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today is the one and only former Liverpool correspondent of the Liverpool Echo, both home and away. It's James Pearce. Hi, Jay. Hello, Ian. How are you? Slightly <laughs> jaded, despite <laughs> the fact we haven't been doing double sessions, just... Uh... Just getting around in this heat and humidity has uh, been, been a long day, hasn't it? From, well, I can't fair, remember, what time did we have to leave Bangkok this morning? Was, we left the hotel at 7 o'clock this morning. It is and it's now, now nearly 8 o'clock at night. In Singapore, which is a completely different country. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it has, um, been, uh, it has been one of those, has it? I know we were on different flights, but I think, I think Singapore had employed the Manchester Airport baggage handlers. <laughs> because I've never waited so long for a, a, a suitcase to turn up. But... Um, <laughs> Yes, finally we're here now, and um, twice it's a lovely place, Singapore. I'm looking forward to the second leg of it. Hopefully, I know the first leg wasn't successful in terms of the result, but I think everything else around it t- certainly ticked all the boxes. Yeah, we'll, we'll start with that. I mean, the, the club, the team, the players, they got a tremendous reception when they, they landed in uh, in Bangkok on Sunday. And it kind of carried on from there, didn't it? You know, wherever we went, uh, there was always Liverpool fans knocking around, wearing shirts, and of course... We have to get out of the way now. They all recognised you, and you were forever getting your picture taken as well. So that was a, a first sign that you know James couldn't go anywhere without being stopped. So there's quite a few, quite a few Liverpool fans out in Bangkok. And looking at the game itself, I mean, obviously back home, I've seen some of the headlines and some of the stories. And it's like, oh no, what a what a you know, what a nightmare for Liverpool losing four 0 to Manchester United. <laughs> well, it was a little bit, you know, in the stadium we were a bit like, hmm, well. That three 0 we're thinking, oh, hang on, this could get a bit messy, but it never really turned out like that. And it's important that people don't put massive stock in the results themselves in these friendlies. You suggesting that some people overreact to football? I, I, I'm suggesting that, especially with, and okay, what I'll say is this then: in the old days, we've always covered friendlies with the local. Well, when you were working for the local newspaper and I'm working for yeah. it, that was our job. You go off and do them, but now they're on like you know the the big. The big games are shown on television. You know, what did what did, what was it for grabs? The Bangkok Century Cup. Yeah. So United will have hold of that for a hundred years. I know. Um, Tough to take. And, and it's going to take a long time to, to win that one back. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Like, when they get analysed, yeah, yeah. and I know we're talking from two people who that's actually our job, but you know, we do it from a sense of yes, but we know the context of it. Yeah. But a lot of fans now, because they just see the results and go, oh no, what happened there? Yeah, and also like those games, these games didn't even used to be televised, did they? Pre-season friendlies, there was very little, you know, like interest around them, and that has changed. And obviously, I think it is different when you're on a tour as well, because you know, clearly a lot of hype goes into to selling tickets, and especially when you look at, I think what was it between a hundred pound and five hundred pound, those those Thai Liverpool Man United fans had had paid to get into the Rajamandala Stadium, and you know it's. And it, there was a sense of occasion to it, mm. but you know, unfortunately, you know, for 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 them, you know, it it wasn't probably the contest that maybe they were hoping for, and that's not because there was any disrespect from Jurgen Klopp. There wasn't. It wasn't like he was, you know, not taking it, you know, in the in the right way. I think he, I think he was he was he was really hamstrung. I think just by the the circumstances surrounding when the players had come back and how soon this game. Had arrived. You know, he admitted that himself. Didn't he? Afterwards, it was, um, you know, 
uh, yeah, people also did he need to really use you know, three different teams and thirty two different players, but um, you know it, it's exactly the same as he did twelve months ago. The only difference then was he was arranging special thirty minute friendlies against Innsbruck and Stuttgart behind closed doors, and you know they didn't have fifty thousand people watching. But for the the fans themselves, obviously Liverpool have been coming here for quite a few years. Now. I think it was nineteen eighty three was the last time I've, I've been before in two thousand. When did you go? Two thousand one, I went. When did you go? Two thousand nine. Yeah. yeah, that was Thailand and Singapore under Benitez. Yeah. Yeah. So you know Liverpool are regular visitors. Yeah, as, as are United. To be fair, it's about you know maintaining a presence and Liverpool certainly have more supporters than United at the game and, and and around the city, but in terms of the actual game itself, you just mentioned then it wasn't the contest that they were expecting. Do you feel as though that might hamper Liverpool? Just looking at it from a from a point of view of the fans over here, well, I've gone. Well, I wasn't too happy with that. What in terms of what the fans not being happy with? Yeah, not being happy with with what they saw. I mean, obviously they know quite well it's a friendly. Yeah. But we don't want to see the scene get beat four 0 No, no, I did actually speak to a couple of Thai Reds for a piece I was writing afterwards, and I I, I thought I wondered whether they might be. You know, a bit upset that that it wasn't taken more seriously, and that you know more star names were out there for longer. But they they weren't really. I think I think there is a an acceptance that it is pre season. That you know, the the ones I spoke to, they were just over the moon. The fact that they, you know, one of them said, you know, I was here to see Mo Salah in the flesh. You know, that yeah. was the that was the big thing for them. And 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 also. I know it sounds silly, but I think they did, you know, the, the fact that it was actually exciting in terms of, as pre-season friendlies go, I've seen a lot worse games than that. I mean, yeah, you know, Liverpool did it the post three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how Liverpool, there were some comedy, you know, sequences where you just thought, how on earth has that stayed out? I mean, probably, I don't know, maybe 4-2 or 4-3 to United would have been a fairer reflection. Um, but I think as soon as you saw the opening team sheets for those, those first 30 minutes... And and you know you, you looked at the United's team and like, you know I I think don't think you can overestimate the importance of them being a further week ahead in mm. terms of their preparations in terms of fitness, and the fact that you know Ten Hag clearly wanted to make a bit of a statement I think you know he fielded a starting lineup which you know, wouldn't look out of place in the Premier League and you look at the the young players that Klopp put out there and then even you know the the second thirty minutes of the of the night. You know, again, you know, really inexperienced. It was only really in that last thirty that we saw, you know, the cavalry arrive. Really, with you know Alexander Arnold and and Robertson and Van Dijk and Cater, Fabino, you know, Thiago wasn't he? And um, obviously Nunes making his debut. So um, and you know, of course, there was an instant transformation in terms of the quality on display. So um, so yeah, just I know people like to find something to be worried about, but. I wouldn't be remotely worried after that. It's um, I think I think we've 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 like seen it so many times over the years. I've seen Liverpool, you know, swap teams aside with ease in pre-season and then start the season really poorly. And and obviously, if you want the, the example on the other foot, it was three years ago with you know seeing Liverpool lose three 0 to Napoli at Murrayfield. I think having lost a couple of friendlies before that as well, and then they go on and get ninety nine points and win the Premier League at a stroll. So mm. um. Yeah, I think you could tell from Klopp's demeanour afterwards. I mean, of course he doesn't like losing, but it was all about the bigger picture. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, I must, must admit, I saw Klopp's mights beat Liverpool 5-0 once. And Liverpool went on yes. to win the, win the, uh, not win the Champions League, got to the Champions League final that year. Yeah. So it didn't, 
didn't go too badly for them then. Um, you mentioned Nunes. He was possibly the main intrigue going into the game. He got over his, his blisters that he had on his left foot, which we saw him in open training on Monday. He had to sit out part of that. And everyone was just focused on his foot, weren't they? That was a bit bit weird. Um, but how do you think he did? Because he obviously, yeah, I... obviously on, on, on social media there were... You know the normal. Oh, he missed a really good chance. Therefore, yeah, he's rubbish. Yeah. That's that. Uh, that's that's just ridiculous. And as if the flip side is, if he took that away from six yards out, would would you be really say, well, that's it. He's now going to be an absolute goal scoring machine for Liverpool. No, it was, it was, it was. Of course, it was a chance he should have put away. Although I think he had Bay, Bailey flying in at his feet. Um, but but no, I, I I thought there were some really exciting and interesting glimpses, especially without. How quickly the fullbacks, when they get in their heads up, Robertson and Alexander Arnold and looking for him, and with you know with the, with his pace and his strength and physicality in behind, I thought his movement was good. You know there was that lovely moment. I think it was Robertson's clipped ball in one that he took on his chest and forced a really good save. Um, so yeah, it's so early, isn't it? Like it would be crazy to be trying to draw any conclusions. Um, off the off the back of that, I mean, you know, as you said, we, we watched training on Monday and he didn't complete the session because he was in a lot of discomfort with the blisters on his feet. You know, he was he obviously had them patched up and was able to to play a part, but you know, he's you know they, that that kind of you, you, it's not it's not realistic, is it? To think that everything is just going to click mm. straight away. You know, he um, it's you know, there's bound to be a period of that adaptation. We just hope that that will be in pre season so that he's ready to go on. You know August the sixth, but you know I think we know with Klopp as well that if it takes a bit longer, it takes a bit longer. It's um you know it was interesting. You know piece wrote up today on you know, Klopp talking about how he he does think that it will be similar to to Diaz in terms of a player being able to come in and and, and deliver at a high level. You know almost immediately because he he said there are parallels between Liverpool and and Benfica and, and how they're not going to overburden Nunes with loads of tactical instructions initially. You know, it's this case of just do do for us what you did for them and then we'll, you know, we're ironing out some of the rough edges. So, um, yeah, I was I was excited when Liverpool signed him and <laughs> certainly not changing that based on 30 minutes in Bangkok. I, I wasn't excited by anything, as you were. <laughs> I, was excited you when he, yeah, no, I was excited when he actually signed. That means we could stop writing around it and he actually could just say that he's actually turned up yeah um, he wasn't the only debutant though uh, and I'm not talking about the youngsters I'm talking about the summer signing that was Fabio Carvalho and while I, I would hazard a guess that Liverpool fans know a little more about Nunes than Carvalho purely on the basis that he played against Liverpool in the Champions League last season uh, and they'd have, they'd have gone looking for him but you know, Carvalho's been there he's been in England what, for most, most of his career he's been playing full on last season did really well and, you know, I hate to say this, but, you know, there were shades of he looked a little bit like a, a kind of number 10 Felipe Coutinho kind of player. <laughs> you know, I don't like doing comparisons. No, no comparisons, anything like that. But he's got that kind of, like, look to him the way that he plays. And in the, that first, because he was in the first half an hour team, with Diaz and Harvey Elliott up front, you know, they had, they had a good partnership there between the three of them, didn't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought Cavalier was definitely one of the big positives on the night. Um, yeah, and I, I think you can. You know, it was. It's funny, wasn't it? When you think, you know, I remember. I remember when the deal went through initially. There seemed to be some debate about, you know, oh, I wonder whether it would be loaned out. And I think it was a story that would he be loaned back to Fulham or something. It was like what? Because like he was so good 
in that Fulham team that got promoted. And Did you see much of the, it? The reason I said the, that because I hardly saw anything of it. Probably only probably like three or four times, like sitting and watching Fulham live. But um, but yeah, certainly, certainly like I, I, from from doing pieces on Harvey Elliott previously, mm. speaking to some of the the coaches in the youth ranks because obviously Harvey and Fabio were in the same youth team um, down there. You know they. They, you know, they were, you know, I think, well, Fulham for a start were absolutely devastated to lose him, in the same way as they were devastated to lose Harvey, and and they they think that he'll be, you know, an absolute star for Liverpool. And I think, yeah, we, he, he I, I love the fact that it, you know he was demanding the ball, you know, finding little pockets of space, getting his head up, making things happen. Really unlucky not to score. You know, see a whisker away with that shot that hit the inside of the post, um, and. Yeah, I, I, you know, again, it feeds in, doesn't it, to like the debate over, you know, have Liverpool done enough in the market? You know, why have they not gone and got a midfielder? And you know, and, and you think, well, you know, you know, as Klopp said himself the other day when he was rattling off all his options, um, you know, you know, that he has, as far as he's concerned, he has brought in a midfielder this this summer in Carvalho, and someone he thinks can can play a big part. You know, yes, he can play in the front line as well. Klopp obviously loves that versatility. Um, but uh, yeah, that was, I, you know, I, I think anyone who didn't enjoy Carvalho's uh, opening 30 minutes, I think, um, clearly wasn't paying, paying attention. Harvey and Fabio, it's like your best mates or something. <laughs> <laughs> which, which leads me to another question. Is he Darwin or is he Nunes? <sighs> Depends how good he is. I mean, if he keeps, if he, if he starts banging them in regularly, it's Darwin, isn't it? Yeah. I think until he does that, it's got to be Nunes. A little bit harsh on him there. I mean, you, you, we spoke to Jurgen Klopp after the game uh, on what day was it? Tuesday, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm completely. <laughs> no idea what's going on anymore. Um, you asked the question about the youngsters and how much experience they would have got from it, and certainly there were. You know, so Luke Chambers started at left back. Isaac Mabea, who showed some, you know, showed some good signs going forward, and obviously a bit of an experience with his part in conceding the first goal. Bobby Clark came on, played up front for in the in the second team. Tyler Morton, you know, he continued his camp progress. He, he played the first uh, 30 minutes as well. So there were... And Tom Hill, he was a good story, Tom Hill, isn't it? Because uh, they thought a lot of him at the academy. And I'm pretty sure he played in the the game uh, against Aston Villa when they got beat 5-0. He yeah. was one of those. And then he suffered a, a serious knee injury Then was out for the best part of a year. In fact, I think it was actually longer than that. Um and then uh, he made his comeback towards the end of last season. He kind of went under the, the radar a little bit. And now he's playing in front of, well, what they said was 50,000. I'm pretty sure it wasn't 50,000 there. There was quite a few empty seats. But in, in Bangkok, and he's playing against Manchester United. So it was a good story for him. But also it was a good experience for, for all of the youngsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that that's, that's another big reason why you have to put that result in context as well, isn't it? Because you know, a lot of them were coming up against seasoned Premier League Performers who again, you know, were had been back in training a fair bit, a fair bit longer. But you know, despite that, they, you know, I saw Bobby Clark his Instagram post earlier on, and you know, for them, they'd have been absolutely buzzing at just you know being part of an occasion like that. And, and we know that you know it doesn't. There's no guarantees that we'll see some of these players make senior breakthroughs this season. We might do depending on the progress they make. But I think. Klopp always uses this time of year to dangle the carrot and to and to have a look at what's coming through and to show them, I think, the standards that are expected and that they're going to have to reach day in, day out if they if they want to be part of that senior setup on a on a permanent basis. So, um, 
yeah, I thought yeah, I, I really I thought the two young fullbacks, Chambers and Bay, I thought they obviously Bay won one little slip that was punished from Sancho's goal, but there was we got forward well. Um, it was there was frowned off and Bashketic as well, and we yeah. we go and see the under twenty three or under twenty one uh, this season, the under eighteens, the academy, and Bashketic in particular. He was started off as a centre back, and he may end up being a centre back, but he got moved into central midfield, wasn't it? Defensive midfield, sorry. Uh, start of last season, and he he did really well there until he he suffered an injury. But he, as you said, mentioned about people on the Bobby Clark, what he said on, on social media. Basquetti uh, said exactly the same thing, didn't he? he says like, and you'll never never forget. Yeah, that's yeah. what it does mean to these people. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, 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 and um, yeah, Basajic. Is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. <laughs> I we'll, we'll just go. With I was Stefan. Um, yeah. Stefan. We're back on first name terms. <laughs> Stefan. Um, yeah, I think when you then you speak to the staff at Kirby and you ask them, you know, who who was you know, you, you think got a real real great chance of of making that step up. You know, his name comes up a lot, um, and he's an interesting one because he was kind of I think it might say he was the last. Deal of it of the type that Liverpool were able to do just before the Brexit rules that's right. changed. That's right. Yeah. Sense of ego, the only problem. Yeah. So and then obviously you couldn't bring in players from abroad under the under the age of eighteen. So, um, but yeah, I think um, I think I think just yeah for 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 players like that just to be part of an, an occasion like that, it, um, you know, memories that or last a lifetime. And as we said, you know, I think from Klopp's point of view. You know, on a night when he felt that it would have been irresponsible to to push senior players through more than thirty minutes because of the danger that would have brought of injury, especially in that kind of heat and humidity. Um, you know, in a way, it was needs must in terms of playing all those kids, but also, you know, again, giving them a giving them a taste of it and and hoping that it spurs them on. Did you enjoy the pop concert beforehand? Were you a Jackson Wang fan? Have you been converted? I thought he was quite good, actually. Did, yeah. I thought he was good. He was a good well, pro. You, you've never Solid much, pro. You've never had much music taste, have you? Uh, excuse me, coming from the, the guy who's, <laughs> <laughs> who adores Scouting for Girls. Um, and the band as well. Yeah, no, I, 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 I don't know. Like, actually, when I got to the airport today, there was about, must have been a group of three to four hundred young ladies all, um, all waiting for... As some kind of pop star. Is this was so, this when we were? It wasn't walk- for you. Ian, you know what, is this to... when we were walking in? Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if you saw, but they, but about ten minutes later, I actually thought they it was all you. ran down the terminal to the other end because someone had given the shout there. Don't know whether it was Jackson on the way on his way back to wherever, <laughs> having done his pop concert. Millie, of course. Don't forget Millie. She was the other Thai pop sensation that was that was. Uh, name that was on name that me stage. any of her. Name me any of her hits. Um, the best of Millie. <laughs> <laughs> well, what would you say is your favourite <laughs> album? Um, so apparently that was a big surprise. People didn't know she. That was that was why the crowd went ooh, like and got really but we, really. We excited. were there for that. Yeah, we, we yeah, were there yeah, for yeah, that. That, yeah. Was, that had been kept under wraps by the organisers. So, um, so uh, yeah, and I'm like I, I just think in general, like seven years since Liverpool have been to Bangkok, yeah. which I think is a you know a long time. Obviously, probably accentuated by the fact that well, firstly. I think you know Klopp. Klopp obviously did did a few American tours back to back. Where I think you'd have to admit at this time of year the weather is is probably better and better suited to to pre season training. And obviously you know when you go to North America the facilities are 
are elite in terms of the where Liverpool base themselves at, but also obviously with the pandemic has that's delayed Liverpool's return to Asia as well. And I think if anyone had any doubt that this tour's already shown that Asia's still a incredibly important market for Liverpool commercially because um you know the the fervor and the fanaticism is mm. is just on a whole a whole different level and um it's a little bit more laid back in Singapore compared to Thailand but then yeah. I, think, I suspect most yeah yeah but I think I think that's just be. I think yeah I think that's more I think that's you'd say that about the two countries in general yeah. in terms of its um yeah I don't think I don't think it'll be quite quite so crazy here um but but yeah just just as in Bangkok, just you know, being at the team hotel and seeing you know the hundreds of fans waiting outside, desperate for a, a glimpse of their of their heroes, and um, you know, you you look at the queues for the meet and greets with, you know, people like Jason McAteer and Jose Enrique across the city, and and obviously the other events that the foundation guys have put on, with um, with kind of you know all part of leaving a legacy by, by um, you know delivering all these coaching sessions. Um, yeah, it definitely, you know, I, I, you know, as, as quick as it was, and it it did seem to absolutely fly by, but um, yeah, I don't think I don't think many Thai Liverpool fans will be, will be losing any sleep over that four nil scoreline. I think for for most of them, it was it was just an absolute delight to have Liverpool in their home city. Now, have you been stopped in Singapore yet for a picture? By the luggage carousel. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, a lovely man has offered to take me out for dinner. And why did um, you decline? No, I haven't yet. You no, haven't no, declined? No, no, are, you still, are you just leaving him? You leaving him hanging? No, it just it depends on work <laughs> commitments tomorrow. It depends on work commitments tomorrow. Um, but um, but no, I think that's yeah. It'd be, like it'd be interesting to see actually, obviously what what kind of attendance there is for Friday night's game. I know that there are still tickets on sale. Um, I think. Again, the seats are pretty expensive. I don't, I don't think the top end well, I ones. Couldn't believe, are, I can't believe how expensive they were. It's yeah, like, yeah. I mean, how cheap everything else is. seats yeah. for that game in Bangkok, you know, five hundred quid, and you know, and you think how cheap so many things are in in Thailand. Um, so, so yeah, I think I think I, had, I did ask a guy today, and he, I think he said they're about. I think I think I think he said that you know just under a hundred pounds. I think he paid for for his tickets for the game, and you know, and obviously with the greatest respect to. Crystal Palace, you know, they're you know, it's not like Liverpool are playing a team who are gonna pull mm. in thousands and thousands of fans themselves like Manchester United did. So um I think so, Palace have only got ten first team squad members available, haven't they, or something? Oh, is that right? I think I think I'm sure I read that or, or, or it was the other way around, they left ten at home. But either way, they're not gonna be full strength no. as opposed to United. So just before we finish then, that that game on Friday, I mean, what do you reckon Klopp will do? What should he be looking to do? I mean, Liverpool have got two friendlies. Um, when they're out in Austria, I think they're, is it Leipzig and Salzburg? And then yeah. they've got the Community Shield against City, and then they play Strasbourg and Field the following day, and that's the friendly. So it's only six games, so there's not a lot of you know time for any kind of experimentation. I mean, what would you do if you were Klopp? Uh, I, I think he'll stick to the blueprint that's been there the last few years, really. So I would expect against Palace, fewer players to be involved. Probably, I don't know, maybe nearer. 22 to 25 rather than 30 odd I think I think we'll see a lot of players play 45 minutes that that's, tends to have been the way he's done it the last few years crank it up gradually um, and then you know then probably the games as you mentioned against Leipzig and Salzburg we'll see people playing playing an hour maybe even 90 for some depending on you know what how the how the the, the data sports science wise is, is, is telling the 
the, the backroom staff. So, um, so yeah, it's you know it's, it's a real balancing act for Klopp this summer with you know with the season starting earlier than normal. Obviously, last season went on longer than for any other Premier League club with Liverpool reaching the Champions League final. And when you look how crazy this season is for those players who were going to the World Cup in Qatar, you know I think Klopp was right to give them a proper extended break. Um, but obviously that means that pre-season is pretty condensed. Um, so uh, so yeah, I don't I don't think he will remotely care about results, anything even even including the Community Shield. I know like Liverpool have come off narrowly second best in the Community Shield. I don't know a few times in recent mm. years on on penalties, but even that I, I can't really see that registering with him. I'm sure he'll divide the squad for that final weekend into two with, with players playing you know half playing in, the, in that one half playing against Strasbourg the following day and. Um, yeah, everything is obviously just geared towards August the August the sixth and that that game down at Craven Cottage. Uh, just one final thing: you're going to be a little more careful with your food choice in Singapore as opposed to Bangkok. <laughs> the um, yeah, that Thai green curry did some, I did, some serious damage. I had no the, problems um, with it. I had no problems with I, it. I I'd forgotten that when you say mild in Bangkok, <laughs> they mean extra extra hot. Um, so uh, yeah. I'll, I'll play it safe. And on that literal bombshell, we shall Taco stop Bell it. Is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the FKFC in Singapore. <laughs> Cheerio, everybody. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.